You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 296. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back, everyone. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body Podcast. Hope you're doing great. Today, we're going to talk about something to help you with your continued journey and your continued New Year's goals. I hope that you put a few health goals in there. Now, I talked to a lot of people over the last month, and I sort of wanted to find out what is the pain point that you really have when it comes to staying fit and healthy. And the majority of people talked about the fact that they just don't have time to plan their meals, especially those dinners. And so when that happens, that seems to be when people just go out, get fast food, order in, grab something quickly, because again, they just don't have time to plan ahead. So I wanted to use that pain point to help as many people as I could this week with some different ideas for how to get some healthy dinner recipes ready for your week ahead. So this is a great time to like basically listen to this podcast. I'm gonna give you recipes that you can use for an entire week. And sometimes having that plan is all you need to stay on top of your nutrition. So we're gonna talk about that today. And I hope that you are on track with some of your fitness goals. Now it seemed that the pain point for most people wasn't the workouts. A lot of people get the workouts in. It's just the healthy eating that sort of falls off track really quickly. Not everybody. There's definitely some people who struggle to get the workouts in, but they're eating pretty healthy. So we'll take care of the the fitness pain point next time. But this time I really wanted to focus on really what I do to prep my meals during the week, what I do to keep it really balanced and healthy, how much time it it takes me to actually put into my dinners each night as well. And then I wanna give you these go-to recipes so that you have a plan that you can put into play right away. We're gonna talk about all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from CBS News, a great article did come out just a couple weeks ago, and the title of it is Staying Hydrated is Linked to a Longer, Healthy Life. That's what new studies suggest. Well, I'm all for a longer and healthier life. Now, this is what they say. They said that the secret to living a longer and healthier life, at least part of the answer, could actually be pretty simple. They say it's water. A new peer-reviewed study published Monday in the Journal of eBiomedicine, which is part of the Lancet, suggests that people who got proper hydration may be less likely to show signs of aging and even chronic illnesses. Researchers analyzed health data from more than 15,700 adults between the ages of 45 and 66 for more than 25 years. That's a solid amount of people over a solid amount of time, team. Specifically looking at their serum sodium levels or the amount of sodium in their blood. Those levels, researchers said, are a proxy for their hydration habits. 
What they found is that people who had more than 142 millimoles of cerium sodium, the higher end of a normal range, had a 39% higher risk for developing chronic diseases and end up to 50% higher chance of having biological markers of age older than their chronological age. Those with more than 144 millimoles of serum sodium also had a 21% increased risk of premature mortality. Now the results suggest that proper hydration may slow down aging and prolong a disease-free life. According to the study's author, Natalia Dimitriva, she's a researcher at the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute And she said that on the global level, this can have a big impact. Decreased body water content is the most common factor that increases serum sodium, which is why the results suggest that staying well hydrated may slow down the aging process and prevent or delay chronic disease. Now, they did say that the research does not prove that drinking more water will reduce aging. That kind of determination would actually require additional interventional studies, but it does suggest that people with higher levels of sodium in their blood are more likely to be biologically older, develop chronic disease, and die at a younger age. That's what the study says, adding that dehydration is one of the biggest factors that increases those levels. The optimal serum sodium range for the lowest risk of chronic disease and or premature mortality, researchers said, is between 138 and 142 millimoles. Those with a level of 142 or higher would benefit from evaluation of their fluid intake. Now, taking a look at your hydration may have other benefits as well. Proper hydration is essential in helping regulate your body temperature, improving athletic performance, and maintaining proper organ function. So then there's the question, right? Well, how much water is enough? And according to the Institute of Medicine of the National Academies, adult women should have an average of 2.7 liters. That is 91 ounces of water every day. While adult men should have about 3.7 liters, 125 ounces. But that doesn't all have to be from glasses of water. So you have to also take into account that you get water from other beverages you might have, and even you get a certain amount from food. Now, 2.7 liters, just so you know, that's over 11 cups of water. So if you're kind of like not a liters person and you you wanna know, you know, they used to say eight cups of water a day. Well, according to this, a woman would need over 11 cups a day. So sort of an interesting thing to think about. Now, those numbers are based on the expected needs of people who are healthy and relatively inactive in temperature climates. So the true amount of hydration needed for an individual could differ based on that physical activity level, their heat exposure, the amount of food one eats, and definitely other variables. 
So that's really important to note because I kind of do hate when they say women should have this much water and men should have this much. It's kind of like the whole everybody should have eight cups a day because everybody is different. As they just said, people live in different climates, so there's a different heat exposure. People have all kinds of different physical activity levels. Um, even in their jobs and their careers, you may be a super active person or someone who sits at the desk all day. So there's, there's so many variables. Also, not to mention your height. Um, how much you weigh, like how much your body actually needs. There's just so many variables that it's really hard to stick to, oh, 11.4 cups because you're a woman. There are several ways to gauge whether you might not be getting enough water besides just thinking that you have to hit a certain amount of cups or liters a day. According to Kaiser Permanente, urine that is darker color, if it has that dark color or has noticeably decreased in frequency, that could be an indicator that you are dehydrated. Some other indicators could be bad breath, dry mouth, fatigue, even sugar cravings, which I think is interesting, team, because I know so many of us out there have a lot of sugar cravings, and what if it's because you're dehydrated? More significant issues such as confusion, dizziness, fainting, heart palpitations, those actually could also be signs of dehydration and something that you should think about. Now, none of this to us is probably news. I mean, in general, we know that it's important to stay hydrated. Now, I always tell my clients, you need to stay hydrated with water throughout the day. I'm not a huge fan of all these bubbly waters. Yeah, I say if you really want one, you could have one in a day, but I would also drink regular flat water throughout the day as well. You might ask why. Couple personal reasons. For one, a lot of people tend to get more bloated when they have water with bubbles. So if you don't like that bloated feeling, that might be something you wanna stop if it, if it impacts you that way. I've told that to some clients and they're like, wow, I am bloated all the time, but I drink all of those LaCroix waters all day long and then I stopped and now I'm not bloated. So it can be something as simple as that. I also find that sometimes those bubbly type waters carbonated waters like LaCroix, um, they can sometimes fill you up. And you might like that thinking, oh, then I won't be as hungry for food. But then maybe you're also not taking in enough water because you feel full or maybe not even enough calories because you feel full. It's almost like a false sense of feeling full. It's not because you ate enough calories or you drink enough water. It's more because of all the bubbles and the gas in the water. Another thing just sort of to think about. I personally drink plain water all day long. I don't drink any of those LaCroix. They don't taste good to me. Uh, I'd rather just have the flat water. Now, what I tell my clients is you wanna drink enough water that your urine is a light yellow color. Clear actually can mean that you had too much water and too much water is actually a thing and not good for you. Too much of anything is not good for you as well as too little of something, right? So if your urine is completely clear, you may have had too much water. You sort of want it to have a light yellow color. If it is dark yellow, that is definitely the best indicator that you need to get on top of your hydration. All right, you need to be taking in more plain water throughout your day. 
I like to drink water throughout the day. So I like to drink it between meals. I like to drink it with meals. You should drink water before a workout, during the workout, after the workout. You basically should have a glass of water or a bottle of water with you at all times. That is how I live my life. And it definitely helps keep that hydration going. Now in the winter time, like right now, it is winter time. I don't know when you'll listen to this podcast. Maybe you'll listen in the summer, but in the winter, it is for some, not for some reason, I know the reason, but it's harder to stay hydrated because you don't feel that sense of urgency of thirst because it's generally not very hot outside. Now, when I lived in Austin, Texas, it was super hot in the summer and I was drinking water all day long. Now I live in Pennsylvania, a little colder uh, winter going on right here. And I noticed that I have to force myself to drink water all day long. I have to stay on top of it and it's much easier to forget to drink when it is colder in the winter time. So if you're someone who forgets to drink water all day, I am not kidding. Put a little timer on your phone and make sure that you're drinking water every couple hours. And like I said, for sure with your meals and when you're working out and after, Keep the hydration going, keep the water strong, but don't overdo it. Like some people tell me how many gallons of water they have a day and I'm like, okay, I think that's actually a little too much and you can't flush out too much of the salt, the salt and sodium in your body and you actually do need a certain amount. So don't think that more is always best. You just need that right amount to make sure that you are healthy. So there you have it. That's what we talked about today on Eagle's Eye on Health. If you want to stay young or at least less chances of the chronic disease, keep the hydration going. Now what you really came here for is you probably want some recipes, right? You wanna know what I do. People ask me all the time, just tell me what you eat every day, every night, and I'm gonna do that. I don't like to do that in general because I feel like, well, you're gonna have your own foods that you enjoy and I have foods that I enjoy and so you don't have to eat what I eat to be fit and healthy. So I don't often give those kind of um, you know meal plans out. Now I do have a meal plan. Some people are, got so adamant with me that I just had to tell them what, what I eat that I did make a meal plan many, many years ago. It is on the website if you do want a seven day meal plan. It's called Eat by Example, and it's a full week of foods that I ate before a photo shoot many years ago. It gives you your breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, and dinner with all your recipes and a shopping list on top of it. So it's kind of like the perfect plan. If you're that kind of person who needs, just tell me what to do. But the thing about a meal plan is you can't live on a meal plan. So you could do this meal plan to learn sort of how to eat in a balanced way, to get a sense of what proper nutrition in a balanced way looks like. And I think that's really great, but I wouldn't want you to eat that same meal plan every single week. And so that's why I'm not a big fan of using meal plans. But I am a big fan of eating healthy dinner recipes. And I'm focusing on dinner because that seems to be the biggest pain point for people. It seems that breakfast is the easy one. I mean, there's just, I feel like there's so many easy breakfasts you can throw together. That's not where people are struggling. Lunch as well, not as big of a struggle, but the dinners are where the pain point is. And so I think that the most important thing that you can do each week is to have a plan for your dinners for the week ahead. 
And I wanna tell you how I prep and how I plan because I make it pretty easy. I don't have a lot of extra time, not at all. I pretty much work very full time. And so the easier I can make dinners on myself, the better. But if I don't have a plan, then I'm just like you. Things fall apart quickly and that's when our nutrition tends to decline. So let's first talk about how I prep. I am not someone who first of all loves to cook. I don't actually love to cook. I actually didn't start cooking until I was an adult. My mom's an amazing cook and she cooked all of our meals for us when I was young. My older sister, she liked to cook. So when we got a little older and my mom needed like help or my sister wanted to help out, she was the one who took over on cooking and I just never really had to. So I never cooked until I was an adult. And always to this day, it's not really a joy for me. I don't look forward to cooking. I don't enjoy, you know, coming up with the plan every week. It's just something that I have to do. Now, I am lucky that my husband is a wonderful cook. So when he can, he will make dinner as well. And we sort of take turns during the week. But if he's out of town or something like that, I cook for myself and my son is now in college. So sometimes it's just me and I will cook a full dinner just for me because I don't want to eat out and I don't want to order in because at the end of the day, you are not going to lose weight or be your healthiest self if you keep eating out or bringing in. So how do I prep? What I like to do is on the weekend, I will take a pen to paper. That is right, a pen. I'm a definitely a pen to paper kind of girl. And I will write down what dinners I'm going to make during the week. I say during the week because yes, I will eat out two days of the weekend. That's right, either Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday. Two days, and that's usually all I can handle, and then I like going back to healthy eating. So pen to paper, I will write down what five dinners do I want to make next week. Just writing out which dinners you're gonna make, Dinners that have a recipe or that you know how to make, really simple, I just write each on Monday, I'm having this, on Tuesday I'm gonna make this, right? Once I have that written out, I will take a look at what I have in the kitchen and what do I need to get at the market over the weekend. The best thing you can do is have all the ingredients for all five of those meals ready to go on Monday. I love that. When I go to the market and I have all the ingredients to all my meals for the week, I feel so much less stress during the week, right? Now it doesn't always happen. Sometimes I have my plan for the week but I didn't get to the market in time and so I do end up going to the market a few times during the week to get everything I'm gonna need for each recipe. That's a pain in the butt but at least I still have my plan and I stick to it. But if I were you, getting the pen to paper for your meals and then writing out what you're going to need. Take a look in the refrigerator and the kitchen cabinets. What are you lacking that you need for those recipes? And what do you already maybe have? Because you might even have a lot of it already. Now, if I have a super busy week ahead, like I know I have a lot going on, I have a lot of appointments or a lot of client things that I'm gonna be doing that next week. If I'm super busy and I know the week is gonna be crazy, I definitely make sure the shopping is done on the weekend. But I might also prep a few things. But I honestly, if I'm just being really honest with you, I'm not a food prep person. 
So I don't want to spend hours on a Sunday making like three meals or four meals and freezing them all for the week. I just, I don't have that kind of patience to sit there and do that. So at best, I might shred some chicken on the weekend to have it ready for one of the recipes during the week. Um, I might make hard boiled eggs on a Sunday as well to have them easy to grab because I know that the week is gonna be kind of crazy. I, what I don't do, I don't chop up vegetables or fruits on the weekend. A lot of people think that that's a great way to prep. I do like having the fruits and vegetables available and fresh, but unfortunately, once you start washing them and cutting them, you are creating a place where more bacteria can potentially grow on those things, and it's going to go bad much quicker. So what I would rather you do is have your fruit, like make sure that you bought enough fruit for the week. I'm the kind of person who loves to have a little bit of fruit after dinner, that's my sweet treat. So I make sure I have it all, but I don't cut it up and I don't wash it. I leave it and I wash it and cut it right before I eat it. Same with the vegetables. Once you start chopping it, once you start washing it, you're just creating more of a hazardous situation or that it might mold a lot quicker, grow God knows what on it a lot quicker. So just have the vegetables ready to go and easy to grab. But again, I don't prep that because I don't think it's the healthiest, safest way to eat those kinds of things. So that's it. That's how I prep. I get my meal's ready, what am I gonna make for dinner every night? I get the shopping list ready, I get the food. At best, I might prep some shredded chicken or some hard-boiled eggs, um, but mostly it's just about having the food on hand. Now, how do I balance it? I really do try to vary my nutrient intake daily. And one way that I do this is by eating a different protein source for dinner every night. That is a really great way to get maximal nutrition. You don't want to eat the same dinner every single night. You don't want your protein source to be chicken every single day and every single night. For one, you're gonna get sick of it really, really fast. And when we get sick of foods that we're eating that we're considering our healthy foods, we sometimes then binge the other way very quickly. It's like you cannot even stand the thought of baked chicken one more night you're gonna throw up if you see it, you're going out, you're going to fast food, you just want anything but your baked chicken, right? You wanna get your nutrients from varied sources, especially those protein sources. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to make something fancy every single night, but I do try to vary my protein nutrient every day. So again, for dinners, Usually my Mondays are meatless Monday. It's just a go-to, easy to remember. Everybody has, not everybody, but a lot of people do meatless Monday. And so I always do meatless Monday. And so for me, that's generally tofu because I love tofu. I think I could eat it every single day, but I won't because that's not a great way to vary my nutrient sources, right? So I always go with some kind of tofu dish on Mondays. And then the next night I will either make, I will, let's just say I'll do a ground turkey dish. And I only do organic meat as well, just so you know. So I'll do tofu Monday, ground turkey, some kind of ground turkey recipe on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I would do a chicken dish. 
And then on Thursday, hopefully my husband's gonna cook a fish dish because he cooks fish, uh, like he cooks all kinds of fish. And so I usually let him do the fish. Um, so now I've got tofu and then I had ground turkey and I had chicken and I had fish. And then one day in the week, I might even do some kind of ground beef. So I do eat beef too. I don't have red meat very often, but I do have it either once a week or every other week. And that's a great option. Or I might go and do a veggie burger um, another night. And so that would be two meatless nights of recipes and that's fine as well. Again, it's about eating a different source of protein every single night revolving the meal around that protein and making sure it's different. That is a great way to make sure that you're balancing out some of what you're eating. Now, another thing that I must do, always, always, always ask my husband, because if he doesn't include it with dinner, I always get on top of him about it. Uh, you have to have a vegetable with your dinner. Now, I personally think you should have a vegetable with every meal you eat. That means breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I always try to have at least one serving of a vegetable. You're supposed to have five servings a day. Let's not make that a bigger deal than it needs to be, people. Half a cup equals one serving. So you could easily get two servings with some roasted broccoli, that's one cup, and that's barely any, right? So you could even probably get three or four servings just at dinner if you missed all of your vegetable servings, something like that. They say one cup for your leafy greens. I personally always just try to have one cup as my serving size. I'm not gonna start like measuring out half a cup, a one cup if I have more than five servings, that's even more fabulous, right? But you do need to have a vegetable with your dinner every night. If you're my client, you know I'm gonna be on top of you if I don't see that vegetable with dinner. My go-to vegetables, roasted broccoli. I have it way too much. I love it. It's so easy. All you do is like, I just throw a little bit of olive oil on that broccoli, a pinch of salt, but often no salt at all. And I throw it in the oven at about 400 to 425 for anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. Halfway through, I shake it up. Done. It is so simple. Um, I also make kale chips all the time. You make it the same way. You sort of massage it with olive oil. You throw it in the oven, a little bit less. It needs 300 to 325, maybe for 10 to 15 minutes max. Super simple. I love roasted Brussels sprouts. I'll make a big salad often, um, especially when my husband's making dinner. He's making that fish dish. I'll, I'll probably make the salad. You get in a lot of greens. I like to load that salad up with as many vegetables as I possibly can. And that's a must for me with my dinners. Now, how much time do I need, do I take to make dinner every night? Usually one hour or less. That's just me being honest and me being realistic. If I've already had that meal planned out, I already have all the ingredients at home, I usually try to start getting dinner ready one hour before I want to eat. Sometimes it's less than that. And if you know your kiddo has like practice at night, like my son was a runner and he often had meats, there were some meats at night. If I know that I have a night like that, then I might make the whole meal in the afternoon so that it's completely ready for dinner after that meet or after your kiddo's workouts at night. I know that the schedules get crazy if your kids are in sports. 
I had to do it too, but I didn't want to gain 20 pounds during my son's high school sports. So I had to figure out a way to still make it work. And that for me was by making dinner in the afternoon. And often on those days, I would try to make a crock pot dinner recipe, something where you could throw it all in and set the timer and it would be ready when you got home. Make it simple on those nights, but you still need to plan ahead and not fall back on the whole, well, we went to Chick-fil-A because the baseball game ran late. That's going to start happening to you like two or three times a week if you start falling into that trap. So make your easier meals if you have to on the days that you know are going to get a little crazy. But for me, one hour is about what it takes to prep the meal, often even less. But I'm just trying to put that out there that you should plan to start getting dinner ready an hour early. Again, having a plan is always going to lead to a lot more success for you than thinking, oh, that this is going to take you 15 minutes to make a meal. If you want it to take 15 minutes, then you might have to be the person who makes the dinners on the weekends and puts them in the freezer so you just have to thaw them out and heat them up, right? Now, my go-to recipes. Do you want to know what they are? Do you want the recipes? Because I know so many people, half of my clients usually just say, just tell me what to make and I will do it. Tell me what you eat and I will make it. So I'm going to give you five of my go-to dinner recipes. You can print them out, you can save them on your computer, and you can make your own week's worth of dinner plans right then and there. Lots of these uh, recipes you might have seen before. If you get my newsletter, I try to give you guys a new recipe every single month. So some of these recipes are my go-tos that have come from the newsletter. If you're not on the newsletter, I highly recommend you sign up for it. Go to earnthatbody.com forward slash newsletter. I only send you something once a month. I'm not gonna send you something every week, but once a month, you're gonna get a new healthy recipe that I've made and I loved, and therefore it's worthy of going in the newsletter. If you knew how many new recipes I try every single week to put in the newsletter, but that never make it because they're terrible, then you realize that if I, it makes it to the newsletter, you should give it a try for sure. Um, so you may have seen some of these recipes before, but you might not have seen them all. And in my opinion, it is having maybe five recipes that I'm going to give you to help you set your plan for next week or for this week, whenever you want to get started, that is going to make all the difference in your nutrition. Because eating out is not going to be the way to lose weight or get very healthy. And if somebody said to me, Kim, how do you stay the same weight? You, you know, I, I don't see you go up and down the scale. Generally, you always look, you know, this way. How do you do it? I would say it's because I eat home more than I do not. So eating home and having these meals ready to go is so important. Now, I will also say this, if you are someone who struggles with cooking or you know that you do have a week ahead that's gonna be really tough, double your portions when you make these meals. Double everything and then once you're already making it that night, you can freeze half of it then for the following week. So if that's your busy week the following week, you're already gonna have all of your meals frozen or you can have that same thing the next night or what I do is I eat any leftovers for lunch the next day. So 
double up those portions whenever you can. It is definitely going to come in handy. If you have too much of something in a recipe, just be super happy because you can have it again the following week. You can have it the next day. Now, I like to keep it simple when it comes to my meals that I make. So I'm just warning you now, I choose recipes that are easy to follow and don't involve a lot of complicated cooking techniques or never ending steps because I am not a great cook. <laughs> I didn't go to school to cook. Um, when my husband watches me cut things, cause he's a really great cook, he's more like a chef. And he watches me sometimes like when I'm cutting up anything, cutting spinach, cutting chicken, whatever. And he always sort of looks concerned <laughs> because I'm not a great cook. So I don't cook, I don't cut properly and I don't do this properly. So I'm telling you, if I can make these recipes, anybody can. You do not have to be any kind of expert to make these simple recipes. Now what I did is I went ahead and I put five of my go-to recipes on a web page for you. This web page is only for people who follow the podcast, all right? <laughs> because you guys get to see this only because you follow and listen to the podcast. So thank you. This is my way of giving back. You don't pay for it. It's all for you. All you have to do is go to earnthatbody.com forward slash recipes, R-E-C-I-P-E-S, R-E-C-I-P-E-S, okay? Earnthatbody.com forward slash recipes. There I have my five dinner recipes that will get you through the week that I personally eat these all the time. All right, so you can click on each one. You can then print uh, the recipe. These are not my personal recipes. I didn't make up these recipes. These are great recipes that I have found either online or in cookbooks, and now you can print them out and have them too. Now, I will say this, preparing a healthy and satisfying dinner doesn't have to involve anything complicated. That's why I picked these recipes because they tend to be pretty simple and it's an hour or less in the kitchen. You'll see some take longer than others, but some are very simple and easy to make. At the very least, if you have to make a meal on the go or on a whim and you can't make one of these recipes, but you don't wanna go out, right? And you don't wanna bring in then do yourself this favor. Get the most out of your meal by packing your plate with a lot of plant-based foods like vegetables and fruits and beans and lentils, nuts, whole grains, and you'll be guaranteed to have a nutritious meal. Add a little protein with it too, okay? Make sure that you have the protein with the plant-based foods. That's all you have to do on those days that you just can't even make a dinner recipe. Just make something simple. Sometimes it's just a piece of grilled chicken, roasted broccoli. Maybe you cooked it with some olive oil so you have your healthy fat. Maybe there's some cheese on it to give you a healthy fat. Whatever it is, balance out that plate as best you can, but do that over eating out. Always cooking at home. Again, if someone were to say to me, Kim, what is your number one thing that you do that helps you stay fit and not go on the yo-yo weight train? You know, it goes up, it goes down. It's that I eat home five days a week and I only eat dinners out twice. And I don't eat out really for breakfast ever, maybe once in a blue moon if my bestie and I go for pancakes. <laughs> 
but I really don't eat breakfast out ever and I don't eat lunch out ever because those are the easy meals to eat at home. Does it mean I can never or that you should never go to lunch with a girlfriend? No, of course you can. Go and enjoy yourself, but just don't do it every single day. If you like to eat out on weekends, then don't be eating out during the week. Eat home all week long so that you can enjoy the going out on the weekend. The more you eat home, the better your health will be. I promise you. Like, I honestly believe, like I said in the podcast um, recently, if you did nothing but just eat home and never ate out, I bet you would lose like 10 pounds without even counting a calorie. That's how influential eating home can be on your body and your health. So there you have it. If you want to get those five recipes so that you could put pen to paper, my recommendation is you get a piece of paper out and you write down if these recipes look good to you, write which one you wanna do on Monday, which one you wanna do on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, write them all out, click each one. You can print the recipes off those websites as well. Go to earnthatbody.com forward slash recipes and you can get all of that right there. And then just so you know, there's a discount code on that page. If you do wanna buy the one week meal plan, scroll to the bottom of that page. I'm gonna give you guys, the podcast listeners, a discount code. I also have a recipe book. I call it a recipe book because it's an ebook. Um, if you want even more recipes, I do have a recipe book and there's a discount code for that too. Again, only for my podcast listeners because I value you, I treasure you, and I thank you so much for being a podcast listener. There you have it, team, the Earn That Body podcast, always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, health information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.